You are listening to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. Orange County's only talk radio show dedicated to featuring nonprofit organizations and their leader, with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. We have two different segments today. Our first segment, we're going to be talking about Kids Works, and we have board member David Benavides as uh, their representative. This community talk show, which is our nonprofit show, airs on the last programming day of each month on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, maybe from Apple iTunes, we we encourage you to consider listening live during our broadcast times. Show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Center Club, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Protection. The goal for the show is to help our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms to learn more about nonprofit organizations who are serving the needs of our Orange County and global residents. David, welcome to the program. Rick, thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure. Let's start by asking you to tell me a little bit about you and kind of your background and how did you discover and then get involved in KidsWorks? Uh, sure. Well, I'll start off a little bit with KidsWorks here. Uh, in central Orange County, the city of Santa Ana, the, the densest city in our county, there are pockets of, of neighborhoods that are very challenged neighborhoods. And uh, in those neighborhoods, we have kids with, with much promise uh, growing up and, and facing some of these challenges, whether it be uh, gangs or uh, just uh, um, uh, poor living conditions and such. So KidWork steps into those areas, work, walks alongside these kids, providing after-school programs, a number of other things, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And uh, as far as my background, I grew up in a, in a neighborhood not much different like some of those neighborhoods where KidWorks is, is serving. Interesting. Uh, one of seven kids in my family, first to go to college, uh, and uh, uh, just wanted to be able to give back. I connected while I was in college, initially as an intern, uh, with KidWorks, and eventually went on staff. Worked was uh, director of some of the programs there, and over the last number of years, I've, I've been serving as a as a board member. My introduction into that neighborhood and and into those uh, into the city of Santa Ana actually eventually led me to a run for office to try to bring uh, some some positive change in our city. So I'm currently serving as a councilman oh, uh, as well in our city. And which city? A city of Santa Ana. Okay, congratulations. Thank I didn't you. know I had a councilman here in our president. Yes, How about sir. that? A politician, for goodness <laughs> sakes. In addition to a person who does good works for kids works so tell me the history of kids works maybe a little bit about the founder just kind of set the context for the arc of the story that is kids sure works. Uh, absolutely so we're actually celebrating our 20th uh, anniversary this year so so back uh 20 years ago uh there was a, a pastor an associate pastor worked with youth in a, a suburban uh church a large uh church here in orange county uh, he's a la- Latino background, grew up in a, in a modest Latino family. And even though he was uh, working in a large, uh, primarily uh, mainstream uh, uh, church, uh, what he always uh, kind of struggled with is the fact that there were a lot of kids growing up like him uh, in, uh, in some neighborhoods here in Orange County, Santa Ana being, uh, having, being host to some of those neighborhoods. So uh, KidWork started with the idea of, of challenging college students to spend their summers doing something to give back, hmm. uh, to work with uh, children, uh, mentor them, uh, do Bible clubs with them, recreation programs, and just really trying to speak hope into, into these kids Okay, uh, in uh, some of our more challenging neighborhoods in Orange County. Uh, again, number of those in, in the city of Santa Ana. So that's where KidWorks started. Eventually, it expanded from being uh, not just a summer program, college students living in, in these neighborhoods, but uh, took one of the apartments in, in one of these dense apartment communities uh, and turned it into a drop-in after-school program, 
uh, continue to evolve and grow. And at this point, 20 years later, uh, KidWorks is serving uh, over 800 uh, kids and, and families, having uh, some of our students go on to modern-day uh, high school, others, mm-hmm. other schools, uh, off to college on, on scholarship, Georgetown, Scripps College, uh, serving in other places around the world, okay. and it's all, all coming from some of our, our you know, tough pockets uh, here in, in Santa Ana in the core of Orange County. So we're talking with David Benavides, and he is board member at Kids Works. I would like to um, ask you, when a child gets involved in Kids Works, how long, I mean, do they... Do they stay from an early age till when they graduate high school? But just do that setup for me. Tell me sure, absolutely. About that. Well, at this point, again, there's been an evolution over the last 20 years. But at this point, essentially, from pretty much cradle to college is, is what, what we say we, we mm. work uh, uh, with, with kids. Um, cradle meaning that uh, parents, we, we do parenting uh, classes and programs for parents. But as far as our programs for the children, they start from, from preschool. What we found years ago is that a lot of our kids, by the time they were uh, they reached elementary school, uh, their parents, like mine, did not have a, a, a much of an education, a formal education. My mother reached seventh grade, my dad fifth grade before they ended up having a stop school back in, in the native, native country of Mexico to be able to help make ends meet. Right. That's the story of a lot of our kids in our, in our, fam- in our, sure. in our neighborhoods. So what we found is that a lot of our kids were already behind uh, when they were when they started uh, elementary school, so we started a preschool program. It's a state licensed preschool program. At this point, kids can start from uh, the age of four in our preschool program. Then, uh, when they go through into elementary school, there are after school programs uh, to help them with uh, uh, with uh, their their homework. There are enrichment programs as well. Very volunteer heavy. So a lot of what we're able to do, impacting the lives of these kids, depends on volunteers on. Right. on uh, businesses, you know, quit connecting and sending some of their employees out or just people who have a desire to have an impact on a child's life. They come and spend time uh, tutoring. There are direct mentoring, one-on-one, two-on-one programs. There are enrichment, one of the things, uh, the uh, arts programs as well. So basically from preschool, uh, K through 12, and uh, now that we have some of our, our uh, K through 12 students graduating and we uh, are uh, having a, a, a college program okay. to ensure that our students are able to stay in college, that they continue to right. to receive that support, because oftentimes what we find is that uh, some of students, particularly in the, in the urban context, when they're the first generation student to go off to college, it becomes, it becomes difficult for them to actually uh, finish. Sure, I would and, think uh, so. Such so, a new and challenging environment. Uh, absolutely. Right. Right. So, and the, so the idea that there's a lot of education support, but Part of our, our mission is to restore at-risk neighborhoods one life at a time. So, so we believe that uh, where a child grows up should not dictate their future wow. uh, and then hold them back. But so we are a community development nonprofit. So essentially, uh-huh. we're pouring into these kids' these families, but also their their living environment. That we, we advocate for for better housing, for just a better, healthy environment overall. And, and Rick, we're having tremendous tremendous success. Great. It sounds like it's a worthy cause and much needed in the communities. And I want to thank you on behalf of Critical Mass Radio Show for coming in to share a little bit about Kids Works. We're going to take our first commercial break, David. And when we come back, I want to continue the conversation about Kids Works. And I want to, I also want you to talk to me a little bit about the guiding principles that are within the organization. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. talk about your family business you know that thing you put your whole life's blood sweat and tears into well what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children at succession strategies we can help you find the answers 
We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. CBC is ranked in the top 6% nationally for financial strength. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willie of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short, we are a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. Not every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.cbcal.com or at our new headquarters at 19752 MacArthur Boulevard in Irvine. Member FDIC. Today's businesses are embracing voice over IP telephones and unified communication desktop technologies to more effectively communicate and collaborate with their customers, suppliers, and colleagues. The Reliatel management software from Tone Software Corporation helps organizations of all sizes manage their communications technologies to ensure great voice quality and better levels of service and reliability throughout their business. Through Reliatel, you'll gain higher return on investments from VoIP and unified communications technologies while lowering the associated operational support and maintenance costs. Learn more. Visit www.tonesoft.com or call 800-833-8663 for information on Reliatel by Tone Software, the solution for quality business communications. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show, our nonprofit edition. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. David Benavides is our guest. He's a board member at Kids Works. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast, maybe from Apple iTunes. You've downloaded over 18,000 episodes during the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime, as I said, from iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, hundreds of middle market companies' websites whose CEO have been on our show, and they put the player on their website, as well as other business-oriented podcasting services. You know, during the break, when we were off the mic, David, we were talking about some exciting new things that KidsWorks is doing to grow the footprint. So before we talk about the capital campaign, let's talk a little bit about the challenges that you face because you keep students for multiple years and you can only serve so many students regardless of their age. Let's talk a little bit about how that 
sort of a governor on your ability to bring in new students? But when you think about it, we have uh, 48 preschool students every year, two sessions, 24 students each. Then that uh, then transfers over to, to first grade where we have new students as well wanting to, to join. And so uh, there's only, if, if you then extend that over a number of years, uh, we, we are in fact now maxed out as okay. to the number. We, we have a waiting list of almost 300 uh, students who Almost would like half to be your population. Right. You have 800. You have 300 right. who would like right. to join. If you could accommodate them tomorrow, exactly. And and at this point, you know, when you have so many children with tremendous promise growing up in again some challenging neighborhoods, but we truly believe that uh, if we provide some support, ed- educational support, some mentoring, uh, these kids will be the, the, the brightest. Uh, uh, in the area, really the leaders of, of Santa Ana, Orange County, in our region. And so that part of that, the friction, the challenge that we have is that we want to serve more, but we are at, at capacity. Okay. Uh, so that, that has led us to the question as to, you know, how do we potentially reach and serve more children? Right, which uh, is a which is a all-too-common challenge for small and middle-sized nonprofits, right? Right. You're, you, have, you know who they are. You have a list of people expanding your capacity is difficult because it usually requires resources and money. Absolutely. Okay. And and, and space is, is one of those things. In order to be able to acquire that the, those that uh, the, the the funds to be able to uh, uh, support these these children. So at this point, what happened here in the last year is we had a, a tremendous opportunity, a ten thousand square foot warehouse that is com- uh, adjoining our current community center. Uh, which is actually a warehouse. It was previously a, a, a warehouse for, for restaurants. They had uh, some of their catering trucks that were stored in this warehouse. Okay. They vacated. They needed to sell. Uh, we were able to, tremendous through some tremendous support through uh, partners and friends of, of our organization, acquire and rehab this, uh, this warehouse to become a state-of-the-art community center. Pretty much from the beginning, we were almost maxed out. Over the years, we definitely have been at this point 300 students on waiting lists. Uh, so something happened this last year that the next door, the warehouse next door, has become available. At this point, we've actually uh, we've entered into a lease for it. Okay. But what we, uh, in order to be able to turn it into uh, the state-of-the-art community center that we know it can be and needs to be, uh, we need to go through a process uh, to be able to acquire. Uh, ownership of it so we're actually launching on a, on a very exciting capital campaign here uh we you're actually the first to, to hear of it rick because we haven't there yet uh, made it public uh but we uh, are launching on a capital campaign to be able to double our footprint to okay. add a ten thousand square foot uh a community center to serve again one of the most challenging areas in the county so what kind of a what magnitude of a capital campaign is required to be able to realize this next phase in so, works? so we, we have a goal of 2.5 million dollars okay uh, to be able to acquire and make the the, the improvements tenant improvements um, and, and I mentioned that it's an exciting capital campaign. One of the uh, most exciting things is that we have already received our, our initial le- lead gift of $1 million. So wow. we're well on our way. Wow. Uh, a foundation here, local family foundation, Sacred Harvest Foundation, has uh, expressed uh, their, their uh, desire to be that lead gift. Uh, so we're very excited. You know, there, there are so many more children. We're pretty much going to be able to double uh, the amount of children that we're able to serve. And, uh, you know, th- there's no better investment that we can make into uh, than into the lives of, of young people and to kids. And so will the information on the capital campaign become available to the general public in the future? Absolutely, because we will need the general public to be able to be a part and uh, to make this a reality. Right. Do you have any specific funding events in mind or plan for 2015 that will support this capital campaign? Um, we will have a number. A lot of what we will be doing is, is through... Um, 
uh, sit-downs, meetings with, with people that would be able to be uh, interested. Uh, we will uh, also have a few uh, other events. What I want to encourage folks to do is to visit our website okay. uh, to be able to learn more. And, and maybe I can share th- that, that site right now. It's Go ahead. The organization name is KidWorks. And uh, so it's very simple, kidworksonline.org. Uh, is our website so it's spelled kid, just like it sounds just like that kid works and it's so it's a singular kid okay but it's plural works so okay. kid works online.org uh, all right we're gonna come back to that at the end of the program too david just to make sure that people have it if they didn't get a chance to write it down and maybe they're listening to us live today so let's turn our attention away from the capacity issue and growing your footprint can you share with our audience some of the other challenges or a major challenge that Kid Works is facing and what the board and the ED are doing about it? You know, what one of the main things is that it, it is capacity. Uh, one of the things that we have, again, is we, we have a, a waiting list, a lot of children that we want to be able to serve. But overall, just the, the uh, uh, environment that, that uh, these children are growing up in, it, it's a challenging place. You know, we, you have, uh, in, in Orange County, we don't have government housing. What we do have is a dense apartment communities where you have families that are lower income find themselves uh, doubled and tripled up in an apartment. Uh, so you have sometimes uh, you know two families, three families growing up within a 600 square foot space, uh, a family in the living room uh, and in each of the bedrooms. And so what we are trying to figure out is is how do we work alongside other partners to be able to address uh, the, the needs and, and challenges of just the, the, the living environment around the area. And uh, what we are finding is that it really takes leaders from within those neighborhoods. We need people to be able to step up and, okay. and, and to be able to um, advocate uh, in, in their local governments, for example, you know, right. uh, f- to be able to have policy that uh, attends to some of those challenges, uh, public safety, um, housing conditions, parks, open space. And uh, so part of what, we're, what we do also is support that type of, of leadership development. We believe that uh, the, the, that change comes from within uh, those neighborhoods. That's something that, that our, our board, our staff um, is, uh, is consistently supporting. Uh, but again, to be able to make some of those changes, it comes down to, to volunteers, people, whether it be uh, board members, uh, people in the business community, business sector, mm-hmm. who want to be able to bring their expertise, their passion to be able to uh, be a part of, of ensuring a sustainable, long-term, uh, uh, positive future. For How many people do you have on your board? So we have 17 board members okay. uh, right now. Very robust. Um, it, it is, you know, it takes you open, know, a lot of folks. open board seats? Or um, is that a what, what we do have is we have... a. a uh, rotation. We have ter- we have uh, terms essentially for board board members. So we do have every year a couple of board members that are going to be cycling okay. off. So, so you are always in need so of new board members. Uh, absolutely. Then. Every year you have to replace the board because they term out. Exactly. So we have uh, regular actual governing board members, and we have also advisory uh, mm-hmm. council or advisory board members as well. That, that uh, uh, we always uh, want to be able to to have give people an opportunity to be engaged and be a part of this this amazing uh, organization and. And, and the mission of, of restoring the lives, restoring neighborhoods, you know, uh, uh, and, and again, Orange County. It's a beautiful county, but we do have, right. uh, you know, some pockets that are, that are uh, in, in uh, challenging situations. Very densely populated pockets, too. Absolutely. It's like you've got three sets of family in a, in a one-bedroom, two-bedroom apartment. Right. That's a lot of people in a crowded space, and right. that's, that brings its own set of challenges, doesn't it? True. So let's, with a few minutes that we have left, David, let's talk about the future. Beyond the capital campaign and growing your footprint, as a board member who's been intimately involved in this organization for a long time, where do you see the future of Kids Works? 
Well, uh, one of the things that we're learning uh, right now is that we we are going back to thinking back to to our initial successes back 20 years ago, and where we started, Rick, is right moving into moving people and initially college students. I was one of those initial college students that moved into one of these tough neighborhoods, and we took an apartment unit and were able to have a tremendous impact. Um, and, and first, it was one apartment, uh, one, one street, one neighborhood. Then we, we uh, went to a second and then a third. And a few years ago, we uh, saw our, our growing need uh, to be able to, to hold, uh, have a, a more comprehensive community center. Hmm. Now what we have, so we have a 10,000-square-foot community center now. now. Through the capital campaign, we're, we're looking forward to, to doubling our footprint into another 10,000 square feet. Uh, so that will be our, our central hub. But what we are going back to is this idea that maybe we need to go back and also have these, these what we're calling spoke centers mm. back into some of these apartment communities uh, throughout uh, the, the capital of Orange County here, the city of Santa Ana, so we can be able to reach more uh, more children, more families. Yeah, more uh, convenient, too, uh, right, if you're in their same apartment building. Right, right. <laughs> and it's, 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 uh, we, we find that we can uh, just exponentially impact you know, more, sure. more, more folks and have an impact in more neighborhoods um and there's a significant amount of, of return for investment if you will because there's less overhead in some of those those uh smaller centers sure supported by the primary or the main center so it's it's an innovative it's it's different than than most uh non-profits most organizations are there um and uh, we're finding that we're uh, going to be able to continue to uh replicate what we do uh, again, having a tremendous impact. I think there's more students that can go to modern day, more students that could go to the Georgetowns of the world and Scripps College and uh, Biola University, my alma mater, a number there of other go. universities out there. And uh, there's no reason why, again, where a child uh, is growing up should limit uh, them and their potential. Absolutely. And I would think as those people do, like you, you become role models for other younger people who maybe don't realize they can. Uh, you know, you, you actually, uh, you know, you're, you're tracking very well here, Rick, and, and, and that's exactly it, is, is that as you're able to impact one child, what oftentimes happens is that the, the, uh, you change and sort of rewrite the, the story of the rest of the family because the right. cycles are broken. Right. Um, and we've found that time and time again where you may have had an older brother who may have been involved in a gang. You get, you get that middle child who connects with KidWorks. They choose another another life option, which is sticking with school, doing well. Suddenly, the younger siblings are doing well. Now, this whole, this whole family is different. And, and soon, this whole neighborhood is different, the whole right. city, the whole, the whole area. And, uh, and what we're finding is that a number of our uh, young people who have become young adults, gone out to college, even started their own families, are coming back and choosing to mm. be the, the role models, even joining the staff. Um, and and it's, it's just so exciting and rewarding to be able to see just generational impact. Now we have pretty much a whole generation, right. 20 years later. 20 years, yeah. And uh, so it's to a certain degree, we're, we're, just, we're just getting started. Right? You are. It, it's just going to be an amazing future here for us. Tell me again your website for KidWorks. KidWorks. It's uh, KidWorksOnline.org. Dave, I can't thank you enough for coming in and sharing the story of KidWorks. I want to wish you great success with your capital campaign. I'm so excited that you got a huge leg up on the campaign, which begets future donations, right? Yes, You absolutely. get that first foundational investment, and people 
rally behind the cause. So I, I want to thank you for the work you're doing. You're a friend of our community. You're part of the critical mass community and the good works that you're doing here in Orange County for the people in need. Have a great holiday and appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, uh, Rick. Honored to be here. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our second commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show, and then we're going to invite Don Reese into the uh, studio. She's the executive director for The Wooden Floor. So don't go anywhere. We'll be talking with The Wooden Floor after these words from our sponsors. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Hey, did you know that over 73% of consumer packaged goods and retail products fail miserably within their first year? Why? Because they find themselves in the pit of unawareness. You don't want to go there. Call me, and I'll make sure that your packaging gets noticed. You know how I know? Because I'm the founder and creative director of MBN Design. We're one of Orange County's most established and trusted design firms. With over 20 years of experience, I can ensure that your brand will always stay new. Ask me how our packaging sold millions in months, or see for yourself other success stories on our website at www.mbndesign.com. We're MBN because we're making brands new. Call 714-458-8701 and talk to me, Hector Garcia. That's my cell, 714-458-8701. I'll be waiting for your call. UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, and as promised, Don Reese, who is the executive director of the Wooden Floors in the studio. But before we go there, I'd like to let you know that our audience demographic is 98% business owners 
and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show is the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program, and with our exclusive Prospect Engagement Program, Critical Mass Radio Show delivers 24 warm prospects to our platinum advertisers each year. If you'd like to learn more, contact our VP of Sales, Rose Chamorro, at 951-515-4661. Don, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. Really appreciate the opportunity. My pleasure. We're going to spend most of the uh, interview together talking about your organization, but before we do that, let's talk a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you ultimately became the executive director for the organization. Super. Um, I started my early career in business. I was working at a management consulting company in the early 80s, and we focused on the technology sector. And I had this wonderful opportunity to start a nonprofit at the time called the Technology Council. And I had the opportunity to grow a board and work on volunteer leadership and management of an organization from the startup side of it. And uh, during that time, too, I also had a lot of opportunity to work on boards. So I was on the um, Southern California Southway Children's Health Center board Mm -hmm. and also the Torrance Symphony board when I was pretty young. (laughs) And... um, and so that gave me an opportunity to, to serve on a board, but also to develop an organization and a nonprofit, and also brought my really love and belief in helping children. And so that was where the hybrid of my early career focused. And right. so moving fast forward, you know, 30 years later, um, when I had the opportunity to work at the wooden floor, I had started the last 10 years of my career in nonprofit leadership and management positions, and specifically in the arts. And um, an opportunity came up to work at the wooden floor. And it just resonated with me because of my love of, you know, working with children, the arts, um, helping young people overcome obstacles in life, um, just really blended together. Okay. And so um, when I look, kind of did a lifeline of myself in the last year is that my early career, when I came out of college, I wanted to be a teacher and then a principal. And in reality, being at the wooden floor today, <laughs> I am a teacher and, <laughs> and a, a principal. principal. There you go. You realize <laughs> just, your dream. <laughs> just a, took me a 30-year journey to get there. doesn't but, matter how long it but takes. But I did. And, um, you know, that's why I have such passion and purpose for what I'm doing here at the, the wooden floor. And it, it really, um, for me, it doesn't feel like work because it's, it's essentially everything that I'm about. So let's talk about the wooden floor then. Sure. You, to be honest, your organization first came to my attention earlier this year. Okay. So I didn't know the history, the richness, and exactly the impact that you've had. So take us back to the found, to the start, how, the, how it got started, and then bring us up to where you are today. Okay, great. So we were founded in 1983 by a sister. Her name was Beth Burns with the Order of St. Joseph of Orange. And um, Beth decided that she would like to have a pilot dance program one summer. And that was to basically help kids stay off the streets and... Um, you know, out of poor behavior, drugs and alcohol and all of that. And in reality, what happened was when the summer was done, the students didn't want to go back to their everyday life. And they asked Beth, you know, can we stay with you? And she said, well, that wasn't my plan. (laughs) She was just a pilot, you know, for the summer. So she went to the order and said, you know, I'd like to see what I can do with this program. And um, so initially it started doing uh, ballet training and uh, some contemporary dance. And then over time, um, in the last 30 years, we're celebrating our 32nd year in January, it's evolved to a really 
comprehensive youth development organization that couples a rich dance education and very inventive and creative dance making with academics, college prep, and family services. So today, 100% of our students graduate high school on time and immediately enroll in college, and that's for a 10th year in a row this year. And And so... um, How many students do you have? We have 375 at our campus in Santa Ana, and then we serve another 3,000 students in our... um, community engagement program called Dance Free Weeks, and that goes into all the Title I schools in Santa Ana and the surrounding communities that where arts funding has been cut back. So we go in for a week and provide dance education just on a very simplified basis, but that's actually our our jumping off point into our additions day at the wooden floor. So we promote the wooden floor, we pass out flyers, we get people excited, and um, out of the 400 students that line up each year um, now, I would say almost 50% of them are coming from Dance Free Weeks because they just change so much just in a week because they they don't experience the arts in everyday life. So you have to help me with the math, though. You have 375 students that you can serve, but you have open enrollment where 400 students apply. How many openings do you have that those we only have. now have 60 to 70 spots right. a year and that's due to our retention strategies right. we put in place a few years ago because if you think about after school traditionally it's usually an after school environment something to keep you know children you know when their parents may be working or something like that and so right you know when you're 13 and you're going to high school you don't really need after school anymore but that's when we say that's when we're with you to help you navigate your your high school life and right. so what's happening which is a good victim of our success, I guess, is that um, uh, we have a lot of students staying with us today, all the way through high school. And so what's happening is our graduating classes were maybe 10 per year. Now we have um, 27 this last year, uh, 24 this year's pipeline, 32 in in the junior class already. So that means that we just have more teenage needs today. And how young are they when they first come to the wooden floor? They're in third grade. Third grade. Um, I, for the most part today, because our um, our enrollment is so tight. Right. that um, And so they basically have to have a love of movement and um, be low income. But okay. um, once they're auditioned and they're accepted, they never have to re-audition. They're just always with us. And there's no education or academic requirement. So we have students from 1.0 to 4.6. Um, and so we take them in and we help them and guide them. And by the time they leave they're able to graduate high school and and go to college and so um and how many hours a day are they with you um they could be with us between two to four hours a day depending on what their schedule is so when oh. they're young they take one or two classes and when they're in high school they can take um four to five classes a week so i think i get the name but tell me the genesis of the name, The Wooden Floor. So The Wooden Floor really is about the youth development model that we have for our students that, and our tagline is from here, you can step anywhere. So The Wooden Floor is the firm foundation we provide for them to have the tools and resources to be successful in school and life as a jumping off point to where they're going to go in their future. This is unbelievable. What a great organization that has been, you said, 32 years right. servicing. I mean, how many graduates of the program are there? Um, so we've served 80,000 young people wow. since um, through Dance Free Weeks <laughs> and the on-campus program. And currently we have um, over 100 students in colleges and universities around the country. So in the last, um, I would say the last 10 years, we've probably graduated out probably 250 or so students um, just who have, who have stayed the whole 10-year journey. Those are the students we count. So you you are really expecting a serious commitment yes. from the student. Right. It's not 
come for the summer. This is the second program. You know, KidWorks was first. It uh-huh. started as a summer program right. and then grew into a full-time. <laughs> right. It's amazing how... right. Uh, in the same community, right? We're good friends with KidWorks, Ava yeah. Steffens, and the team there. And right. um, what the the difference I think in Ava's model is it it's very a place uh, focused in that one area of Santa Ana, so all services are for you know a certain geographic region of Santa Ana, uh-huh. where our students come from about fourteen other cities. So oh, as long do. as they can have transportation to our campus, we serve them here at the wooden floor. This is an amazing, and our, our building is next to the Bowers Museum, right off yes. Main Street in Santa Ana. So it's very convenient for them to get there from the train or the right. bus or walking or bike well, riding. <laughs> well, when you were gracious enough to give me a tour. It's a wonderful building that you have. Right. Thank you. It's it, the the philosophy is is you know you're, I'm probably you were a little surprised because <laughs> I think people think they walk into the okay. traditional after school environment. Yes, I was um, a little surprised. <laughs> pleasantly but, surprised. Yeah, pleasantly. But right. we, if you walk in, it looks like any business uh, university right. um, building because we want the students to feel really. Um, uh, confident and to be able to walk into any business park in Irvine or, or um, Orange County conference or a room conference for room for an interview. Yeah. You saw our conference room and right. and um, we have a really high stewardship level. So we we um, we believe we give the students the best and they rise to the best. Mm. And so um, there sometimes our home environments are you know just have a lot of challenges. And so we want to have a nice, peaceful, beautiful building for them. But we do that with a high stewardship level. So we don't have any debt at all in the building or carry any debt. You're year-round um we're very frugal <laughs> but we, we put money in the right places and we invest in in, in our infrastructure we're going to take our final break here on critical mass radio show donna when we come back i, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the type of education the students get at okay. the wooden floor and you said all they have to have is a love of movement to get started but that's not all they need to continue in the program right. so we're going to get into that ladies and gentlemen after we listen to and enjoy these words from our commercial sponsors Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. SNH Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, buninitrile, and viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the SNH brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let SNH be your ceiling solution. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. 
So look us up at Brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Uh, welcome back to this edition of the Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. You're listening to the Critical Mass, and Don Reese is our guest. She's the executive director of The Wooden Floor. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast, maybe from Apple iTunes. You've downloaded over 18,000 episodes during the last 30 days, and we here at the program truly appreciate your continued and growing support. Uh, but, of course, all of our shows can be heard live on octalkradio.net. So if you'd like to listen to us live, that's the way to do it if you're listening to it as a podcast right now. If we're not in your podcasting software as a regular, then just type Critical Mass Radio Show. It'll come up. Uh, subscribe to it through RSS. You'll get our shows, and we do three shows each week, and you'll get this kind of entertainment and information each time. Uh, before the break, I said I was going to ask you to sort of help our audience understand the type of dance instruction and performance that the wooden floor does. Okay, great. So... I think what our differentiator is in the youth development area is how we use arts to transform students' lives, and so specifically dance for us. And so we we start the students off with a ballet, pretty rigorous ballet curriculum that has 10 levels of requirement that they go through through the 10-year journey with the students are with us at the wooden floor. And then we combine that also with uh, modern dance as well as um, uh, choreography and improvisation. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is through the... Uh, when they're young, they'll take two classes a week, and when they're older, like I said earlier, they'll take maybe four or five classes a week. The idea is each year builds upon each other, and so it, they just keep on growing stronger and stronger, not just from dancer, you know, from physical ability, but also their ways that they construct dance, the movement, um, the way that they work in teams, um, collaborate, um, the way they co-create. Um, that's a really hallmark of our work is that when we bring a choreographer in from uh, New York, we have actually two in residence this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're creating our piece for the Irvine Barclay Theater. We have three pieces. All um, takes about 100 hours per piece for each student to participate. I see. And um, they co-create. So when the choreographer comes here, they have no preconceived idea or any rep they've done in the past. They actually create the movement with the student, and then what you'll see on stage is actually what has been co-created. And through co-creation, you know, as you know, in business or anything else, that's really the hallmark of, of every kind of thing that you're trying to create in, in life and business yes. is that um, you need how to, how do you um, ideate, how do you you know, operationalize a plan, how do you execute on it, how do you refine and rethink and and uh, change, what if something goes wrong that you weren't expecting, and so all those kinds of things, they do that for 10 years in a row, so by the time they get out of school, high school, and they go to college, they're, they're so much more pre- well prepared to think outside the box, um, analytical thinkers, um, I think their natural confidence would have confidence, to right? Be so significantly improved. Um, so I think when I don't know if I mentioned to you um, when we toured, but what happens is when when they set a goal in the studio for themselves in the dance classes or the choreographer choreographic process, once they're successful, they set that goal, or they fail in that goal, then they can redirect themselves. Or if they are they're successful, that same success then permeates everything they do in their life. Mm. So when they say to themselves, "Oh, I'm going to try for that AP class," or "I'm going to try to be a leader in that organization," right. or "I'm going to," they they put themselves out there that maybe they maybe would have been too shy to do, or not con- you know maybe didn't have the confidence or the self esteem to do. And so what happens is because they have so much affirmation through the organization, um, but we work really hard. It's not just all about you know 
patting them on the back and saying, right, yeah. job well done. Right. Yeah, we, you know, right. our, our tagline is from here, you can step anywhere. But I say, you know, that's a great goal, and but you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a matter of, you know, saying, I want to be a doctor, and you have a, a, maybe a C in science. Right. <laughs> you need to really step up your game if you want to do that, and we're going to help you get there. So when you get them at a young age, you're not really sure how they're dance talent will evolve what what do you do with students who love movement but maybe right you know what it's, i'm saying it's all self it's all self-directed okay so if they don't want to perform they don't have to okay. um if we think maybe they should perform maybe that we figure that might help them out a little we still put maybe students that aren't you know advanced the goal of the wooden floor is to have advanced dancers um uh, maybe two and 20 go into dance as a major when they graduate the goal is to have the art specifically dance help the students reach their full potential so and you're very focused on getting students into college right and i applaud that because education is a gateway out of a lifestyle into right. a different uh, standard of living many times how do you prepare them for college what about what about the program is moving them in that direction well there's a couple things that we do is that from day one when they register with us we give them um, a class and we'll say you're the class of 2024 and the student will say, well, what does that mean? And we say that with their mom and their dad or whomever they have with them. And the student and us, and we say, well, you know, we're a triangle. So it's you, the, the student, the parent, and the wooden floor working together. So in 2024, that's when you're graduating high school and going to college. So the little third grader, you know, their uh-huh. eyes roll back. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you're a third grader. I know my son would have said, what are you talking about? But even for our families, maybe that's the first time they've ever even I'm had someone talk about college. Maybe no one in their life has ever been to college so then from that point forward we're talking college all the time with them even in third grade fourth grade fifth grade but really in sixth and seventh grade that's really really it's really starting to we bring them into career nights we have them come in to find out what's going on we bring executives in from the community to speak we have we've had ceos technology leaders um doctors surgeons um dancers you know those who have um, gone professionally into dance and and um and then starting really in ninth grade that's when we start the whole college prep process so A3G requirements, what do they need to get into UCs, Cal States, private schools. And then in their junior year, we have SAT prep. We bring Kaplan on campus, and we, we offer in the summer of their senior year, um, we actually go through a whole curriculum that we've developed on getting them ready for college. And. I remember when we were walking your campus, you were saying, you know, your students have got into a variety of colleges around the country. Um, So we've, uh, in the history, um, we had a student recently, about two years ago, graduated from Wellesley, NYU. We have one at Cornell right now, um, SMU, Southern Methodist University, uh, six at UCLA. We now have four because two graduated. (laughs) UCI is Chapman's. um, But then community college. You know, community college is a huge step for our students. So if they can get an AA, and you know, an example is maybe a student wants to go culinary arts or fashion or something like that. We say, you know, it's really important. Let's get you into a, a, a junior college or community college. Uh, that's my age, junior. <laughs> I know what you meant. That's my age. So I'm perfectly comfortable. Community with college is that. That's when um, we, we direct them. So we had a student right now in culinary arts at um, 
uh, OCC is one of the top culinary uh, community colleges in the country huh. for culinary arts. So direct her there, and now she's getting her AA. And, you know, I always say there's a big difference in an AA and just a high school diploma for Absolutely. our students. And that their ability then to maybe move into management positions, maybe a, a hotel or a bakery, bakery or a restaurant, right. you know, group or something like that is really a big difference. So what do you, And I'm talking with Don Reese. She's the executive director of the Wooden Floor. <clears throat> so what do you see the... Um, the ripple effect of your students in their family or in their community. Um, have you had more than one student from the same family go yes, through the program? Yes, we've had five, uh, three Valdivinos children, and this year we have um, the six Montalvos that have gone through the wooden floor. And we have our last of the six go through this wow. year, so it's a big, you know, moment for the family that all their students have all gone to college, or um, they've either gone to community college, or maybe we also have one in the military of that family. Um, and then also, um, but four, I think the most recent ones have all gone for a year. What a fantastic. And, you know, yeah. the ripple effect really is um, kind of really hit me about a year and a half ago when I was really thinking about it is that, you know, um, when students change life has the ability to change their family because we start to see the families do better because they have the family services support network around them. Okay. And they're with us for 10 years. So all of a sudden you see the mom and dad maybe doing a little better, you know, the family unit doing better because the child's doing better. They were bringing all kinds of workshops into the family, all kind of, you know, great, great types of activities on everything from finance to nutrition to parenting workshops. And then for the student, you know, what we're seeing is that a student remarked to me that, um, their friends in high school were asking them, you know, I know you're at the wooden floor. Can you tell me how to get to college? Wow. <laughs> and so they, <laughs> so they were yeah. starting to mentor. So all of a sudden I started thinking is, you know, a child really has the ability to affect not only their family, their community, Orange County. And then we had a young boy um, who uh, told us last year, he spoke at one of our, and I had never heard him talk about it, is that he wanted to become a nurse and he wanted to work in international aid. And I'm thinking, wow, what a great story is. We have a student that right. is here from Santa Ana, and he told us how if he wasn't at the wooden floor, he could be dead because he had friends that were, who had those kinds of things right. happen or incarceration or you know drug abuse and that he really firmly believes that if it wasn't for the wooden floors mentoring of him and encouragement that he wouldn't mm-hmm. have succeeded and so now just to even think that he's thinking kid from santa Ana, i want to work in international aid right. i thought that was great and that's, terrific that's you know really inspiring. so don i'm gonna i'm gonna have to ask you your guiding principle of all the things that you could decide is important in how you're leading and growing the wooden floor as the executive director, you know, what's your overarching philosophy for that? You know, I, I, I was telling you earlier, I think I could think of a couple of things, but, you know, I have it on my desk every day, and it's a do unto others as you would have do unto you. And I believe that from, especially with our children and that we focus on at the wooden floor, is that, you know, we need to give back to these these young people for all the great things that we have in our own life and we need them to have every single opportunity that we do especially children that have lower socioeconomic status that we we really firmly believe is that um, the arts should be accessible for everyone education should be accessible for everyone and our part in making that happen is really important and so if i can do for them as i'd want to have done for me because i've had so many incredible mentors in my life then my job is well done pass it on (laughs) yeah that's it's amazing. just about passing it on. That's so amazing. So, when is your big event? What, what, what time of the year? 
So our annual concert is in May at the Irvine Barclay Theater. It's okay. come. It's always the weekend after Memorial Day weekend. And okay. so we have four performances. Opening night is Thursday night. And then we have two performances on, uh, one performance on Friday and two on Saturday. Oh. And so, and then we also have another event um, in the fall that's uh, more of our fundraiser, which is called Keep the Promise. And it's our promise we make to the students that um, if they, um, that we'll support them through their 10-year journey at the Wooden Floor and on to higher education. And so that event's been growing significantly over the last um, years. But our one we were just talking about um, recently is we're seeing, uh, we just have been named in the top five um, breakfast events in the Orange County Business Journal. It's going to mm-hmm. be announced. And um, Ooh, that's... Breaking news here on I Critical know, Mass it Radio is. It's, um, it's called... Um, our event's called Step Beyond, okay. and when we created it was to announce where the students are going to college, oh. what their plans are, because our supporters and business community come together, business executives, civic, mm-hmm. D- David Benavides and the mayor from yes. Santa Ana come out for that event, as well as other when, community when leaders at the end of April, April okay. 24th. Well, we should definitely make sure to make people aware of that event, because that Great. sounds like I'd like to go to it, too, if you right. could oh, on definitely. the, uh, the guest yeah, list. Yeah, I will, I will, come, come because what's terrific about that event is that um, it's all of us celebrating our success as a group in a community to help our young people step beyond the wooden floor, which is their second home, Mm. into higher education. Well, this is amazing work, and I have to give credit to my producer for putting together a great show of of two very worthy nonprofits. It's our last show for the calendar year, and I can't think of a better way to finish it than talking about the wooden floor with you. Thank you. And um, if someone would like to learn about your organization, how do they find you online? They can go to our website. It's www.thewoodenfloor.org. Just like it sounds, right? Spelled the same way? (laughs) thewoodenfloor.org. All right. You've been just a delight. Thank you. I appreciate the fine work you've Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you and to yours, and continue the great difference that you're making in so many worthy students lives that's very impressive thank you i want to thank you don reese and thank you everyone for listening to critical mass radio show of course we have to thank our sponsors because they deserve it without them where would we be Bramman university center club commercial bank of california decision toolbox smart business magazine succession strategies tone software and ups protection our engineer for today was Paul Roberts. Crystal Nunley is our outstanding producer. Amanda Pointer is her assistant. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard, marketing strategist and live events manager is Asia Celestino. We just had our live event for uh, this month at the Brandman in, last night. It was outstanding. Our social media manager is Melissa Padani, our VP of Sales, Rose Chamorro, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about our business, Critical Mass for Business, that's our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. You know, I want to wish you all a happy and safe holiday season until uh, the next show, which will be in 2015. I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You've been listening to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show, Orange County's only talk radio show dedicated to featuring nonprofit organizations and their leader, with your host, Richard Franzi. 